Hello. My name's Clayton. And I'm Alex. My name's Danny. And these are the things we've seen. I love that in the last couple episodes, you've done something like that, and I put it right when the intro song starts, or right after it ends, because yeah. it's Stop so it funny. Out. Yeah, yeah, and you'll 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 see it because it's just like it's just such a brief like cut off. Like, okay, we've had enough of you, dude. And I like Shut making up. it abrupt, so it's funnier. <laughs> and that's that's like that's like those masterclass videos. So, but anyways, enough about me. Enough about Alex. But all that. Our guest today is the wonderful. Magical Daniel Johnson, <laughs> um, who we've we've been in bands together. So um, let's let's have you kind of start that off. Uh, what was what was the first band that you were in, and was it Miss August? It wasn't uh, in high school. Um, yeah, freshman year, I got invited to a friend's house. He was another like alternative kid. And I think just through talking at school, he was he found out I had gotten like the Squire guitar set up, <laughs> and had no idea what I was doing or how to use it. But then it was like, hey, do, do you want to be in a band? Never mind the guitar you have, but uh, we don't have a bass player. It's <laughs> like, okay, well, hold on, let me let me figure something <laughs> out. I think he maybe had a bass for me to borrow for like night one, but then uh, I talked to the band teacher uh, Monty Dunham and kind of mentioned it and he's like oh well, we have like a jazz bass that no one uses at school like you can borrow that and i was like was was Great. that the Schechter? uh no no the Schechter that was like my my graduation purchase of nice. like i want a real nice bass which i still have uh it needs a little work but i at least had a lithier like take a look at it and i know you know what it needs it's in decent shape so what was the direction for that band? Like you said, alternative. Like yeah, it like so it was very punk-derived. Uh, the first band name, it, it was kind of this weird amalgamation of like uh, my guitar player friend, um, Justin, he was a great technical player and very like progressive. And then Nick, the lead singer, was very like raw and edge uh, of punk. So the first title, I think, was Sick Nick and the Drop Kicks. <laughs> That's such a cool name. That I like that. That's a really name. cool name. That actually is that. that I'm, you know, I'm going to put my myself on blessed. That's a better name than Delinquent Youth. <laughs> I can think of like 20 names better than Delinquent <laughs> yeah. Youth, but we won't go there. <laughs> Juvenile detention. Uh, <laughs> we, we bleached our own band merch, so we had like black shirts that then some... I didn't uh, help in that part, but I came to band practice one day uh, Nick's mom was so gracious in letting us use the basement. Uh, she never knew about the special export lights we stole. And <laughs> she, there was just so much food uh, that, you know, she would just have this, like, tub of fried chicken that they, you know, made for the week. And so band practice was, like, best-case scenario. You can at least eat. Yeah, we got food. We go in the basement. We can just make terrible sounds. Uh <laughs> And it was great, yeah. That sounds very reminiscent of, like, the Pellinger's basement. Right. But I, instead of stealing, you know, um, special export lights, it was, like, cans of Mountain Dew. And yeah, whatever. a little more This wholesome. was the precursor. Yeah, whatever, <laughs> whatever pops you can get your hand on. So, yeah. yeah. 
yeah, it was probably better that we were under more like constraint of that household. And that's I think I think that's always you know how it goes with like your first band or whatever. So yeah. um, it's very free range. And um, then after that band, was it was that Miss August then? Yeah. Okay. Well, and and so Miss August was at first Asthmatic Massacre. That's right. Oh my god. There was a brief phase. Uh, I made a a brief T-shirt design. You know, it was just such a early kind of formation of like, oh, let's, you know, the bands we like have merch. Uh, they play music in this range of heaviness. So like, let's do that. Let's make the stuff we like. Do you like still have like that design I, somewhere? I don't think so. Um, I don't personally have any of the merch. Um, someone had mentioned, uh, Cody um, had mentioned at one of the like resale shirt events, he was just like, oh, I saw an Asthmatic Massacre, or no, I saw the Miss August shirt um, <laughs> with the like gang font yep. and like graffiti yep. style. Um, and I was just like, shoot, if it's here, like I will buy it. I don't care if it's a 3X, but like, and yeah, I never found I, it. I have that shirt. You do? I have the graffiti one. So. Sick. When, I, when you get home later, find it. Uh, we'll, we'll put it in the video yeah, so yeah. people know. Because yeah, I want to see this. I didn't yeah. know about this. Yeah, I have uh, one of the original um, the, well, original, but the graffiti art. Yeah. One, so, and then um, the other one that I have is I still have that uh, graffiti style Miss August trucker hat. Dope. That you made? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like it's, it's, roaming, it's roaming around my basement somewhere, too, still, actually. So. That's awesome. That sounds so badass. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Clay has been a collector of fine things since I've known him. And uh, I, th I feel like I've mentioned your collection to people I've talked to, especially regarding, like, band merch. Or, like, oh, yeah, back in the Hot Topic days, like, Clay, and and I can't, you know, knock you for it. Because it's, like, when a shirt costs a dollar fifty. Yeah. Like, I don't know. It, it could be a good rag. So, and that's something that people watching, listening may not know right now is that uh, we were uh, co-workers at the mall at Hot Topic. And I, ne I moved in the area um, back in 2008. And so I had, I showed up as a butt rocky kid and I never knew what uh, the world of metalcore was. Um, I knew what Kill Switch Engage was and that was about it. I knew what As L.A. Dying was, and... You were the Lamb of God, and, like, yeah, you know, heavier... Yeah. And then I, I think I gravitated towards you guys, because I was like, oh, well, you know, I like to store the guitars, and I think I heard Suicide Silence yeah. from you being, like, the first person to show me that, and then Greg, who worked there, too, was like, oh, you need to check out Bring Me the Horizon, so... Yeah. Um, and I was thinking about this podcast the other day in the shower, uh, as I think about important things, and... I just realized, like, shout out Rob Singleton. Yes. <laughs> Huge props to Rob. <laughs> Which I don't know, like, where he's at or what he's doing. But I was just like, man, without Rob giving me that job at Hot Topic, like, there are so many people I wouldn't have met or wouldn't have engaged in the same way. Right. And it's just like, shoot, that was definitely, like, a very uh, pivotal moment. So it's hopeful for that. See, I didn't know that you guys worked together there. Yeah. You so maybe have mentioned it, but didn't say that it was him. I forgot about that. So but I was like... When did you start shopping at Hot Topic? I had to have been probably almost 13. So what year roughly is that? Like 2012, maybe. 2012? Okay, yeah. so I would have been gone by then. Yeah. You know, I think... I had, I had definitely been in before that, but I didn't, like, actively shop there right, totally. Right, right. So, like... I mean, I would go in and, like, 
look at little pop culture things, but like I didn't go in with like the intent of music and stuff until yeah. until around then. So like I had definitely one hundred percent had seen at least Clay. Yeah, because yeah. I think I started in probably like oh six or oh seven because I was there maybe a year or two before you came on, and then I was there another you know year or two. And, yeah. yeah, I always think of uh, when I when I think back to that original crew where it was you know um, Rob. Katie, Andrea, um, and uh, Greg and you. (laughs) I always think of, like, you know, that Vince McMahon gif where it's like, Dad, what was it like shopping in Hot Topic in the the 2000s? And he's like, yeah. (laughs) We ain't ain't talking about that. (laughs) We we don't talk about that because I'm going to start crying. They used to have CDs. (laughs) (laughs) You know, and I think what's really fun about the whole Hot Topic situation is um, you guys have... You guys literally watched me, you know, no pun attached to my name, but you guys watched me, like, mold into so many different um, circles and finally figuring out who the hell I was, Um, the healthier, actual version of me, which was kind of awesome. The real clay. Yeah, the real clay. Yeah. So thank you for, you know, being a part of the original crew that was putting up with my bullshit (laughs) and uh, (laughs) super patient with me. So I, I, I think about that so often especially with when it comes to the whole you know straight edge thing too it's like i have friends who aren't straight edge that are probably just like the biggest sweethearts on the planet oh know? yeah and i think i don't think anyone in that original crew of hot topic people were, were even straight edge. that rob wasn't so <laughs> definitely not <laughs> but, <laughs> but you know oh my god me and rob that was that was a great time we would listen to like um bt <laughs> I don't know if I've ever shown you BT or not, but I may have. But you know, the fact that there was another person out there that knew who BT was, like, blew my mind. <laughs> I was like, "Fuck yeah!" I get to listen to electronic music with this person. So, um, anyways, I, not to derail, but yeah, you you guys were just absolute sweethearts and helped me shape who I am and accepted me. And can't thank you enough. So, so now look at you go. Yeah. <laughs> now here we are. Yeah. Now, so is that kind of how you got? to Miss August then was or I should say how Clay got to it because yeah. yeah. obviously yeah. you know you yeah. were doing stuff prior to Clay getting so here. So Miss August existed um, probably before I moved or maybe it was just coming out of Asthmatic Massacre y- Yeah it was somewhere change. in that phase because I was trying to think of like well I think I just met like Ethan and um, Tyler and Quentin like through going at shows at the warehouse and just sort of it was all like periphery they're like oh we know Dan works at Hot Topic and he likes you know going to metal shows and then, yeah, just other scene people in lacrosse. And, you know, there was, and, and I think still is, a fairly decent-sized collection of people who, like, just go to support the music. Yeah. And, uh, and that's the best part of community. Or, like, that's where you see the community is people who are just like, you know, we show up. Well, I, I feel like especially now, yeah. you know, the, the Day After Christmas show was a really good example. Yeah. Like, Obvious with everything that went on over the last few months and stuff, and right. it was like, oh, it's gonna happen. We need you know, a fresh start. It was really cool to see, like, it, there were so many people there that I was like, where did you come from? Yeah, I've never seen I you before. I haven't seen you in years. So. Yeah, or I've just like haven't seen in a long time. But there were so many like brand new faces, and I was like, oh, this is cool. Right, right. And I think it was really cool. The uh, uh, what was it? The Roses on Mars show. Yeah. Uh, that yeah, th- yeah. That me and Jess talked about um, how. Um, Mars was a uh, student of hers for the yeah. cello, 
And I'm like, I got to chill in my basement. <laughs> I need to figure out how to get rid of. And she told me, yeah, you need to take it to this person and they'll give you an appraisal. And like those connections, you know, that those little unspoken connections are fantastic. I love those. So, right. you know, um, it comes full circle and it's not always just metal. And we've, me and Alex have talked about this um, off air plenty of times, but I, I love metal music. I love hardcore and, you know, all the like, you know, aggressive subgenres yeah. and but I can only listen to it for so long <laughs> so you yeah. know um, and I, I think of when I think of like a more calming like serene kind of like music it's it's not always the first thing that pops in my head but like you're in that like top 10 of like Danny is a very, very level-headed person. What music is he listening to? It's got to be something with banjos right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's definitely a goddamn banjo. So, I mean, you have you know, probably a more eclectic uh, collection of music in your head than probably me at this point. So um, I don't know. But the tools of the internet are very helpful. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, because you've, you've listened to... I, th- I think you're the person that introduced me to Animals as Leaders and described it as... Um, you know, dark jazz, yes. or as we uh, called it funk. last week, death <laughs> jazz, death metal jazz, death metal jazz. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. and I was I, I was listening to just these like different chord progressions, I'm like, and I hear these specific jazzy chords, and that's when I think of Danny. So <laughs> when, like, hear that jazz. This is like I can calm down, you know, and like and that's something that you know I, I'm gonna. I'm gonna toot your horn all through this episode, <laughs> like just so you know. Horn's gonna be so tooted. Oh, yeah. So tooted. My horn's already sore. <laughs> um. This just in: Danny's horn is tooted. <laughs> um, you know, I, it, it, you definitely bring the, uh, um, like the peaceful side to things, and I can appreciate that. So, I don't know. Um, Going back, that's why I was bringing it up because I can go back to you know I can't listen to metal music all the time, but like I'll listen to like lo-fi stuff and just this like ambient stuff in the background. Find um, a vibe, to, yeah. You know, calm to, yeah. Yeah, and, and part of that used to be the uh, the tai chi and stuff like that. Do you still practice? Yeah, I haven't been on the tai chi as hard. Um, the yoga and just kind of finding like movements to follow has been helpful. Uh, and obviously the winter months are, you know, everything's moving slower, yeah. but I have a nice little back patio and like, it is ideal for, you know, just enough space to move around. And yeah, I think, uh, I don't know, as, uh, artists like you guys are, and like just being sensitive to the world around you, I think there's only so much intensity you can expose yourself to until it's like, okay, this is too much intensity. Yeah. You know, I'm becoming affected by it. So yeah, like, like you need a break. Yeah. You need to find a way. It's a, it's a palate cleanser. You know? But then what's wild on the other side is when you, you know, live in a pretty calm life and then you go into your car and put on the annotations of an autopsy <laughs> CD <laughs> and you're just like, yeah. You're like, yeah, this, this, is, is, this is that shit. Yeah. <laughs> Here comes I did the use the jam. Yeah. <laughs> Man, you know, that was, that was the thing that I definitely remember too is the going back and forth between like, you know, the Hot Topic playlist. That thing was everywhere. You yeah. know, like, one day we're listening to, like, David Bowie, and then the next one is We Butter the Bread with Butter. And I still have those, like, the CDs that came out of the listening station. I still have <laughs> copies of those floating around. Like, like the mix CDs? Yeah. That's or so sick. Between the mix CDs or, like, when they used to have, like, a six, you know, top six or whatever. Yeah. And then you could, you know, once they were done 
put those out of rotation, it's like, oh, we can just take them. And yeah, I think I have, um, I don't know, just a bunch of like old stuff that I don't get rid of because it's hard. And especially like once the CDs are out of their jewels and into just like a big binder, it's like they're not hurting anyone. Yeah. yeah. So um, going back to Asthmatic Massacre, um, where did that name come from? Who came up with that one? That was before my time. And I think it was probably some thought child of Quentin or Tyler because I don't think... Do either of them have asthma? <laughs> That's a good question. Yeah, I don't we'll find out. Yeah. <laughs> On the next episode. Go go message them later. Yeah. Yeah. If they do, it's not like terribly apparent. So uh, the massacre has ended. Yes. Yeah. There is no more asthma. Because I don't like, that is a really sick name. I, I like that band name actually. Asthmatic Massacre. Yeah. 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 Reunion. <laughs> yeah. Debut tour. Debut I tour. I think uh, the thing with like band names, it's funny because as you know. I listen to The Current fairly regularly. I'll plug KEXP if anyone's looking for a radio station. Seattle, you know, it's like they're just really good at diversity. KEXP. Yep. Okay. Um, So easy to find online and just stream it that way. Um, But yeah, band names now have gotten so like fun and playful. And Minneapolis is great for that too. Where like people realize like we just need a name that once people say it, they're like, huh, those words and letters are funny in my mouth yeah like they flow nice and it, it yeah. gives a little chuckle Makes, like i can't even build a contextual picture to relate to what they're describing but like i'm curious yeah and you pique my curiosity and i'll go to your show oh and that was when i was buying cds as a kid you know the name and the artwork definitely had an influence on me like oh i want you to, even if i've never heard the band i think um chimera is a good example of yeah. that i was i think i was looking for like the newest slipknot cd at the time and um, I was just like flipping through, and there was this like gnarly looking spiky ball, and um, the band name font was you know like splatter kind of like font, and I was like, I don't know who this is, but I'm gonna buy it, and I'm gonna be take it home and listen to it. And if I like it, I like it. If I don't, I don't. But I ended up fucking loving Chimera. <laughs> so. And see, I still do that. Like we'll we'll go to record stores and stuff. I think I think I might have talked about it before, but we'll go and like. I'll specifically do it with, like, seven inches because it's cheaper, generally. And, like, I'll just sift through, and if, like, the name seems kind of cool or, like, the artwork is sick, I'm just like, all right, let's just see what this is. And, like, I'll pick up a couple and go home and throw them on, and then I'm like, all right, these are cool. Or I'm like, ah, it sucks. Glad that it was a dollar, you know? (laughs) Well, low risk. Revisit to the first episode. Um, You should tell Danny your story about uh, Matchbox 20 and Rob Zombie. (laughs) Oh, yeah, yeah. So just just a little recap here. So when I was, like, first really getting into music and, like, buying my own CDs and stuff, um, I remember going to a garage sale. And I was just, like, looking at the CDs, and I'm like, all right, like, what do they got, you know, see if there's anything cool. And there was two CDs that caught my eye. The first Matchbox 20 record. And Rob Zombie's Hellbilly. Um, it, was, it was those two sitting there, and I was like, there's no way I can get Rob Zombie. I was like, that looks like something my parents would be cool with me having. Because, I mean, I was like six or seven. Young kid. Yeah, I was a pretty young kid. I was like, there's no chance. But I was like, Matchbox 20, that's a cool name. And then, like, bought that. Now, obviously, here I am. <laughs> things, things are much different now. I, I'll still listen to Rob Zombie here and there. But I'll still listen to Matchbox 20. Dude, I will listen to Matchbox 20 all the time. <laughs> yeah. like, it's all coming back around. 
I love Matchbox 20. Still one of my favorite bands. So on that note, do you remember your first CD? I do, and it has a small story that is just corny and entertaining. <laughs> but I will say my brother-in-law introduced me, uh, Norm, who is here in Bangor. Uh, he introduced me to Rob Zombie, Hellbilly Deluxe. <laughs> and I was just kind of like, yeah. Dude, like, when you see that cover, you're like, this has to be crazy. It's, yeah. It, yeah, like I think I was 14 or 13 when I first saw it, and I was like, I have feelings inside of me right now that are just blossoming. They're excited, yeah. Oh, yeah, like it's, it's stimulating. I feel like I was at that same age too of like, I know it was seventh grade, I'm pretty sure, was like when I was exposed to it. But um, my first CD that was more independent, um, so my sister was a few years older than me and she was in the school band and you sold CDs, part of their program. Uh, I was looking through and there was a Kid Rock CD. Yeah. <laughs> and it had the parental advisory sticker on it and I was like oh man I want this CD and I know it's bad and I know it's, <laughs> I know it's bad uh, and I got it through my sister and I think she she maybe didn't quite know what she was like letting me into um, but then once I think mom saw the CD out or something and was like oh you why do you need that? Or what's that for? Do you remember which Kid Rock CD was? Did it have Yodel it in American the American Badass. Oh, it was the one with American Badass on it? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Bow to the bow, bang to bang. Incredible. <laughs> Is that... No, wait, was Bob... No, Bob to Bob was the, uh, his like red cover CD. Yeah. Or is that like self-titled? Something like yeah. that. Yeah. He's, got, he's got a few American records Badass out there. Is the one that like... Um, where he ripped off Metallica. Or no, where Metallica ripped off him. <laughs> yeah, Metallica ripped off Kid Rock. Metallica ripped off Kid Rock. Let's, let's, honest, let's so. be real here. Yeah. <laughs> Lars heard it and went, all right, I know what we're That's, doing. We got to up the game. We got to figure this out. I, I think I was, yeah, I was about probably 14, and I remember hearing Kid Rock and being like, yeah, I'm down with this, you know? So, <laughs> and then I learned that riff and learned that it only just like opens in threes. And, that's and nothing's changed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Here we are, the year of our Lord, 2024. <laughs> our Lord and Savior, Kid Rock. This is the year of Kid Rock. He's busy shooting beers to prove that he ain't gay. Dude, uh, he's shooting the gay beer to prove that uh, he's actually straight edge. Yeah. So <laughs> This episode brought to you by Bud Light. <laughs> straight edge Kid Rock. They make straight edge Bud Light. <laughs> they make straight edge White Claw now. Right. So, yeah. Oh my God! Yeah. Uh, you've seen that picture? Yeah. Oh my God! I just, circulated okay. around. I was literally looking at that, going, "Someone in uh, White Claw marketing was like, you guys, what if we just made sparkling water, and uh, just said it, but it had no alcohol in it?" And someone goes. You're, you just got a promotion. <laughs> That's how you're converting. Yeah. But don't put the word water on the title. Like, you still got to no look like drink White Claw. It. Yeah, yeah. People hate sparkling water. But if you say that it's uh, White Claw with no, no alcohol, yeah. they'll, they'll buy it. So. Yeah. So. so speaking of White Claw, <laughs> um, was Misogus the last band you were in? Or did you do anything after that? Um, I think it pretty much was, yeah. Because since then, it's just I've gone through different eras of like, I don't know, solo work or trying to like just entertain yourself with an instrument. Yeah. And I think like as an adult now, that's probably where I'll stay for a while because I think for a lot of reasons, like I really respect the time and energy people put into a band and I view it as not easy. And it's like, it is a difficult uh, relationship. And like, so my partner, Jesse plays in a couple bands and I've never realized before the last few years how much being in a band is like an open relationship. Like yep. you all, if you want to do progressive things or if you want to like push yourself as artists, you're going to have to like communicate. You're going to have to plan. You're going to have to like 
all agree on things, which is like, those are the hardest parts of relationship. Yeah. Yeah. One hundred percent. And to you know do that with one person and you know is it's difficult for some people enough as it is to do it with like another three, four, or five people. Right. That's and then balancing a schedule where it's like okay they work you know weekends and some time during the week and like just all the organization it's like I respect art and music too much to just think that like oh this is easy and like let's just you know throw it all together. Which is I'm 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 at you know I'm teetering on that right now where it's like I like being able to do things with people but I really do respect my own time to sit and I mean I I just explored um, a Gojira plugin um, on Friday or Saturday and I wrote like probably five brand new riffs and nice. saved them onto my computer yeah and I'm like they're there when the time is ready you know right. but it was it was nice to just feel like that creative impulse starting to bloom again and I've mm-hmm. I'm probably up to like 60 riffs that yeah. I can use at some point now but you know and and I am in control of myself and it's not like I'm sending it out to someone and then someone's going to critique it and be like, oh, well, this sucks. You shouldn't do this. And this is good here, but... So you should start whatever. sending me those so I can tell you you suck. I oh. <laughs> <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Yeah, no. I, I actually have sent you a couple. You, yeah, so, you've sent me a handful. Yeah, they're all really sick. And, um, you can be honest. You can say this. <laughs> I'm just kidding. So to be perfectly real, they're pretty bad. Um, <laughs> oh. But yeah, it's it, I I completely understand where you're coming from with the uh, you know you respect art too much to you know kind of. I guess yeah. I think like if you're gonna if you want to do it like you know let it be true and honest and and just like out there and you know doing it for those other reasons. I think it's very easy to say it's for that and then you know you who knows whatever those other reasons are but I think too trying to like present yourself and I think like you know some people wouldn't think I have like anxiety um but you know we all live with certain parts of anxiety in us Mm -hmm. and I think it's been very apparent now like more personally trying to like record something I'm playing um and we can get into the banjo in a little bit but uh it is uncanny the way like I can feel comfortable I'm kind of riffing as soon as I set my phone down and press record, it's just kind of like, oh, well, now we start over. And like, <laughs> wait, I have to, oh. Yeah. This you is ever not- just like, you're like, oh, shit, I forgot what I was playing kind of a kinda, thing. Kind of, yeah. Yeah, because yeah. I definitely, I'm guilty of the same thing. I'll be like, oh, this is sick. I need to record this. So like what I started to do to get over that yeah. is just have like my dog going all the time. Right, Like yeah. if I'm sitting Constant down and I'm plugged in, record. it's just going. Yeah. Or like if I know I'm about to just kind of like noodle around, but I'm not plugged in. I'll just like prop the phone up and record myself. Yeah. And if like something cool comes from it, then I can be like, all right, I've got it. Take if that not, place. Yeah. There's 45 minutes of something I don't need. <laughs> Get rid of it. So I, I think my first uh, instance of that form of anxiety was actually um, when we got together with Marty Berg. <laughs> yes. So that was you know, in his little closet and, like, yeah. recording and stuff. And it's the first time I think I ever saw someone being like, okay, well, let's do that again. And we're like, oh, that's a possibility. Like, we can oh just shit. keep doing it. <laughs> so, yeah. um, funny, funny story about him. I just talked to that guy. Oh, and, really? Um, Is that why you uh, why you brought him up yesterday? Yeah, because I was like, oh, Danny's totally connected to Marty in this way too. So because we used to hang out, and I, I was like, I told Marty, I was like. I want you to come on here and tell the story about why you thought I was totally not straight edge. <laughs> he's like, there's no way that guy's sober. <laughs> the way that he's talking and acting. 
So obviously, you you know, you had known Clay well before I did and stuff, and you knew Clay when he was not an edgeman or anything. So <laughs> yeah. you, you experienced a different side of Clay right. than I have, and you know, you, you played in a band with him and whatnot. Um, so what was kind of how was the band when like Clay first came in? Like, what were you guys doing? You know, obviously you already had stuff going, um, yeah. and that was you were part of the final lineup, right, Clay? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Because so when did Clay come into the picture all the way up to when did Miss August end? You know, like what all did you guys do in that time? Because I wasn't, I wasn't like active in going to shows yet, kind of a thing. Because mm-hmm. um, I probably didn't go to shows till shortly after Miss mm-hmm. um, August would have ended. It, it would have been probably a couple years after. Yeah. Right. So uh, yeah, I think it's it's interesting because like at the time. Clay was well older than us, yeah. And like, and we were we were kind of a smattering, but Clay was an outlier. And I think like none of us had the capacity to be like, "Hey, Clay, you know, let's better our lives," or like, <laughs> "Hey, like, you know, maybe we shouldn't start the day with a tall glass of vodka and ice." Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that was a thing. I forgot. That's so funny. Oh my god! Because like I, I just can't like see Clay in that it's, way. It's it was because f- I've never known him that way. And I think like we were all a shit show. So like to us, Clay was just an entertaining shit show. Yeah. You know. So it was like well, we're encouraging everybody's bad behavior. <laughs> so you guys, you guys were like all out of school at this point, right? Or would, would um, you still been like end of high school kind of a thing? I think I was for sure out of high school. I think. Um, Quinton's a little younger than me. I think he was the youngest. Yeah. So I think he might have been just trailing out of high school. Probably. So like, yeah, it was it was a lot of like early adulthood experience. Or so it's these young guys and then Clay comes in and he's just insane. Yeah, was Clay like, was wild. <laughs> but Clay had like the ambition and the interest in music. And like there were there were so many factors of Clay that it's like this is exactly what we need because as wild as you are, you're way more focused than like a bunch of fucking teenagers. Yeah. And, like, you know, Clay already had experience at that point, too, so, of course, that kind of helps you guys a little bit, being yeah. uh, a little more green. And I have the ability to play guitar, kind of. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, like, just enough. I've met that requirement. Yeah. yeah. The bar was not super high. That so was the only could, requirement. You know, and Ethan brought a lot to guitars, too. Yeah, I actually looked a lot to Ethan for, yeah. um, like... I don't know how that dude does pitch harmonics the way he does. He's like, oh, yeah, this is how Dimebag does pitch harmonics. And, like, I'll watch his hand. And I'm like, this still doesn't make any fucking sense to me. Like, just play it normal. And he's like, dude, I am playing it normal. And so, it's just how Dimebag Daryl would play it. I don't know if he's being sassy about it or if he's, like, actually serious. But, I'm like, I'll see him, like, do this thing with his thumb. And I'm like, That's, I, I don't get it. But it works. Yeah. It, it absolutely works. And so, and the dude's finger reach is crazy. Like those first like riffs, I think it was like Small Town Bruiser or something like that. Like yeah, that riff that he showed me, I was like, "Can people do that with their fingers?" <laughs> and, I, and he was like, "Yeah, dude, it's just like this." It was like, it was like John Petrucci's um, like masterclass. Like, come on, just do it. It's like this. You, know? you just do it. And so, um, yes, I think it was really cool to be like, okay, well, this dude's interested in playing guitar. Like, Danny's a really, really. Uh, well edged out person and you know like someone who can you know riff off of me like Ethan can do lead stuff I can at least do rhythm and it's good to have another rhythm man with me so um, you know I think I think that that kind of 
help me kind of be like, okay, well, they're serious about it too. Maybe I should start taking things that's a little bit more serious, but let me finish this Twisted Tea first. <laughs> so did that kind of transition into you guys, you know, obviously you played a fair amount of shows and stuff during that time. Um, was there just uh, like one release for Miss August or uh, how much did you guys actually As far do? as it, like material? Yeah. Yeah, um, and I think we... And even the recordings, like Clay may have some unlock from way back. I think. I'm sure there's like like a vault of stuff that just never went out. So there was like two different, like there was like maybe three different versions of Miss August. The one that existed before me, the one with me, and then the transition to like the one that transitioned that was Miss August, and then it fizzled into American Zero Mm -hmm. because Miss August did contain at some point um, Alec, Jimmy. And Thomas, Thomas yeah. So, oh wow! See, yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, that was, um, and then that's when they were like, "Okay, we're going to change this in a completely different direction," and then it turned into American Zero. So, okay. Um, but yeah, uh, I think what was it? Ethan, I think, um, found more interest in we paint the sky first, and then it was just you, me, Quentin, and Tyler. Yeah, I think. I don't think Ethan wasn't in We Paint the Sky, but yeah. like, yeah, it was definitely, and at that time too, like even the formation of American Zero, it's like Thomas and Jimmy and Alec, like they were in some bands too, and you know. Just kind we of all shared bands. The, yeah, the scene at the time. And, and was the way it still does. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's, it's still all the bands now have at least like one person from four other bands. Yeah, right. <laughs> Tristan. Yeah, Tristan, Brian, Cody. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. And, and that's, you know, that's normal. That's, there's nothing wrong with, you know, people sharing members or whatever. Yeah. So. A little band. What makes a healthy, you know, ecosystem. I actually forgot. I'm not going to lie. I actually have forgotten that that had transitioned into American Zero until, like, maybe five minutes ago when we just brought it up. Yeah. <laughs> so I completely forgot. Well, and it's tough. Like, how do you define some of those shifts when, like, you know, if more than half the band is no longer in the band, but those right. couple members are, you know, where where are we at? And I remember, you know, like when people started, you know, leaving, you know, different groups, whether it was Miss August or, you know, other bands, there was never this like, oh, well, fuck that guy, you know, or anything like that. Like, I thought that was like a very healthy approach because, you know, I've, I'm not going to name the bands from my hometown, but I've, I've seen that happen a couple of times where like it turns into like a competition at at a certain point, which was very unhealthy. So. Um, I mean, we've even kind of experienced that, you know, it was just like band members leaving and it wasn't like necessarily on the greatest terms. And like, obviously, like stuff's cool now, but like there was like a year long period where like there's a little bit of animosity, like not intentional either. It was more one sided. Passive aggression. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So it's cool when it doesn't go that way. Yeah. Well, you had you had just brought up a little bit ago different eras of Danny. Um which is hard for me to believe because you're, you're still, still the same age. You are, and I'm gonna. This will go on record. You are the same Keanu Reeves. You do not age. You <laughs> look exactly the same, and that is fantastic. Thank you for not actual vampire lighting my grays, you know, and, and acknowledging those. Cause I had to talk with my hairdresser the other time about like gray or white. I'm like, which would you prefer? Well, I have very obvious grays. I'm, I'm looking at... I can't find a single one. Oh, that's all right. I cannot. I'm sad. I was like, you're totally fucking with us right now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Not yeah. getting any younger. But yeah, uh, 
I think the eras of me and just kind of like how music has fit in my life like helps define those eras. Because mm-hmm. I think like in some capacity, I'm either like trying to go to more shows or I'm trying to play more music or, you know, trying to listen to different things or entertaining things. Right, right. Because I, I remember one era of Danny as like martial arts Danny. So, definitely. Um, which. Like moving my body. Yeah, no, and that's fantastic. Throwing them limbs. Because, you know, is there a correlation between that and like, you know, music for you? Like, I think those are, are somewhat separate, um, but I think just like, you know, martial arts or, you know, yoga or whatever you're going to do, like personally to uh, kind of get in touch with your body. I think music and like when you're listening to something that is, you know, fulfilling or like stimulating, I think like that feeling is kind of shared. So like when you feel in tune with your body when you're moving it around or when you just feel in tune because you're relaxing and you're hearing the things that are stimulating, it's like it kind of puts you in this, the same state, a meditative state, you know, whatever it is, where uh, more accepting. Yeah. I think that's something that like if I found myself in a group um, playing music again is my first thing that I would have to tell them is like, I'm going to be a part of this band, but I need to meditate. Like, I am probably going to do this before, during, and probably after. But, like, I'm going to need some... Some headspace. Some shutters down. Yeah. Because I think, you know, a lot of people go into bands thinking, like, oh, this is going to... We're going to tour, and, you know, we're going to play awesome shows, and... Do all kinds of crazy nonsense. We might sell one shirt or two shirts, and that's going to be cool. But taking the time to, like, self-heal is always put on the back burner. And I think that needs to be shoved just a little bit closer to the front. Right. And so. just like, you know, we described earlier in that relationship type setting, it's like you need to come to the band or whatever art you're making in, you know, just like you were going to approach that date or that interaction with that person where it's like, oh, I do need to take care of my own shit so that I don't bring it into this. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Right. So obviously, you know, it's been a little while since Miss August has been around and whatnot. Um, but it's cool that, you know, even being in a, in a different era of your life, you're still pretty in tune with what's going on around here music-wise. I mean, obviously, you didn't leave that behind or anything. Yeah, um, and I'm, I'm very appreciative in many ways um, for my partner, Jesse, because, like, she has helped show me sort of, like, what actual musicians, you know, what the life is like and, like, what matters and how to do it and kind of as a career or to make money and realize that like, well, if you want to take yourself seriously and have others take you seriously and get paid for it, like you kind of, you need to do certain things. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think like practicing music- musicianship is something that like I've increasingly respected and realized more and more like, oh, like having your shit down does matter. Uh, and being able to like stand on your instrument, not physically, uh, <laughs> unless you want to. Yeah, go ahead. It's art. <laughs> unless it's, what is it? You can stand on a theremin, I think. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you probably won't break that. If you were in the chariot, you could stand on anything. Oh, so. oh, oh. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I think like, so trying to work on that craft and like, you know, I think the way some people slap stuff together is fine and that's their method. But like, usually those methods don't have a long duration. And it's like someone making good art, you know, it's just sort of their ability to keep making it and eventually you refine. And it's like if, if you play yourself a guitar or whatever instrument, uh, 
you are just gonna play the things that like are stimulating to you or that sound good. It's like you won't actively play things that are you know coarse or that make you not want to play. Mm -hmm. And I think just like pursuing that and you know when I feel good when I'm playing, it's it's very freeing and there are no confines. And um, yeah, I think a certain amount of what's in your head you have to try and like play out. Yeah. Or I think sometimes like, oh, if other people heard this, it probably would not sound the same as it does in my head. But I'm able to just kind of omit or uh, not think about the notes that I don't want to hear. And then you just kind of naturally pull out the notes that you're like, oh, those sound good. Right. You kind of realize like, oh, okay, like this is sick. You know, like this can go somewhere type of a thing. I mean, that, that's all demoing stuff out, you know, it, like with our most recent record. Um, it, it's been done for a while now. But like, going back and listening to the earlier earliest versions of these songs that are like finalized now it's like oh my god that's such a different song right but like you hear where like the stuff you kept came from you're like oh okay like this is cool like that those are the parts that were sick yeah because i'm listening back and i go some of that really sucked like i'm glad we got rid of the mud uh-huh you know yeah. and being able to admit that is really cool because it just i feel like that makes you a better musician too is being able to be like I can write some really bad things, right? But like, you you can always find something cool out of it, you know. Especially if you're gonna keep trying and just keep working on it and crafting what you're doing. Yeah, and I think yeah, fighting those two polarities of like all my shit's awesome and it's all great. So if you don't think that, fuck you. Or uh, I don't want to share any of it and I'm too you know intimidated, or afraid to play for even myself. And it's like if you can just find that middle ground of like. And uh, a phrase me and some friends have said a long time is like, you got to get the bad ideas out to get to the good ones. Yeah. yeah. There's no way that you're only going to produce like those good gems. It's like you, you just got to make stuff. And one thing I had to like have to remind myself or even had to like teach myself at one point is be like, even if other people think it sucks, at least like I can be proud of what I did. Right. You know, because like. I mean, definitely wrote plenty of stinkers. Like, I mean, we, we had a whole album of stinkers for like our first band, and that was like very obvious first band thing. You know, you, it you happens. have to make those mistakes. Yeah, like you got to put yourself out there. Yeah, you know, and I'm thankful that we did way back then because right. now we have bands that don't suck. Like now, yeah. all of us play in better better bands. It's like no matter what, those mistakes have to get made. And I think like in the job world, like I make a lot of classic mistakes that I've witnessed on myself, and it's like oh. But those classic mistakes have helped me, like, oh, I will not do that again. Yeah, it's very it, it, defined, yeah. and it's like, okay. You only touch a, you only touch a hot stove one time. Yeah. That's not true. That's, <laughs> I've done that a few I've times. I've several <laughs> parts of my you, body. You just said a quote a minute ago, um, my shit's great. If you don't like it, fuck you. I think we just found the title for the show. <laughs> <laughs> Danny's shit is better than yours, fuck you. <laughs> so. Well, um... I, I, I know that we kind of uh, started things a little uh, uh, rough and, um, you know, kind of a little bit later. Um, are we short on time for you, or um, are you looking at... I'll probably get going pretty soon. I do have to pee again. That's totally fair. <laughs> yeah. So we can, we can wrap this up in yeah, the next five or so minutes. Real quick, just kind of talk about, about the bike shop, what you're doing these yeah. days, yeah. Yeah. where things are at for you, what life? you got going on. Danny. You guys are so sweet. Uh, but yeah, I, I work on bikes, and that's been kind of the main musical instrument for uh, a number of years uh, at Cooley Bicycle Company. So How long have you been there? Um, 
I have been back into town uh, going on like six years. Um, okay. So my friend Robbie um, bought the business from the previous owner, Kevin, who ran it as Blue Heron Bicycle Works for and that's when I would have been 14 years. So, yeah. Yep. And I went to Blue Heron a lot. Yeah. <laughs> I did too. I spent a lot of time in there. <laughs> so I think like as a collective shop, it's like over 20 years old. Um, and yeah, it's been good. It's been a more intimate work environment as of late, just because there are only a few of us, you know, Robbie, myself, and some part-time help. Um, and I'm very thankful that we were three years in um, before the pandemic happened, uh, kind of in this new uh, Cooley setup versus Blue Heron, um, because that was nuts. And yeah, we at least had some groundwork where like it didn't destroy us. Right, you already had a client base. And yeah, stuff, we had you know, the client had base that were going to keep coming. We right. had enough product to sell, and we didn't overbuy. And I, I credit Robbie to that, and just kind of knowing like what we can withstand. And so that was, you know, a random question that I had was did, when when the pandemic hits, did you guys notice like a lot more new customers and, as well as your? Uh, yeah. Yep. People kind of wanted to get out of their house when they were stuck. Right. I mean, I was I was definitely in that boat. Like, I spent a lot of time just riding bike with uh, with Brian. Brian and I would ride bike from South Side of Lacrosse downtown yeah. to go do work and then go right back, or we would just bike all over the place, kind of a thing. So I feel like that was a really pivotal time. Did that like was it pretty apparent for you guys? Oh yeah. Um, and it, having experienced like the bike scene for a few years earlier. Um, and it was weird because it's like that separation happened. It's sort of like it fractured uh, the scene or community that a lot of the familiar faces were used to. But at a certain point, like we need those new people. And like yeah. we can't all just keep seeing each other and giving pats on the back because it's like, well, that's not how we like make new friends or invite new people in. Yeah, it's very similar to music in totally. that way. Like you actually have to put yourself out there a little bit. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And like, you know, fucking be nice to people. Yeah, <laughs> just don't be a piece of shit. <laughs> the, the, the basic ground rules for life. <laughs> fucking be nice. Yeah. Um, so yeah, seeing a lot of new people was good. And I mean, for a salesperson, it was just like your your best dream because like you no longer have to really try that hard to sell anything. Yeah, um, you got people that are like, I'm going to buy, I but need I need you to this. tell me what it is. Yeah, you know, I need your help. And, and I like to compare it, and it's probably a lofty, uh, unrealistic comparison, but more like a librarian where it's like, you just tell me what you need and what you're looking for or, like, what you want to do, and, like, I can help you sift through all the bike stuff because, like, I don't expect you to know all these things. Um, and I appreciate that, and I like just helping people. Hell yeah. Well, I got I got some handlebars for you to work on at some point here, so I'll be swinging that in as soon as uh, right. as soon as I find an open Friday. <laughs> so, Heck yeah, awesome. Well, yeah, it's been really nice to actually get to meet you finally Thank after you. Talk with you. forever. <laughs> the legend it feels himself. like <laughs> yes <laughs> about that. We uh, we've got uh, we've got always got open doors with this. So once uh, you know if it's still in the same spot, that's cool. And um, you know if we can. Uh, have you on again, you know, when we got a little bit more of uh, free time. Next time we'll bring the banjo. Yeah. Please, dude, I, we'll, we'll actually try Bring to Jess like, next time? Yeah. yeah. We get you no, both. We need Jess's perspective. Uh, we need the uh, turtle shell drum. Yeah. I know, I know, I know you've got a That turtle shell is actually going to take your spot on that. So <laughs> I'm, I'm very ignorant to. Yeah, yeah. Come on, buddy. I'm, I'm, I'm stupid <laughs> ignorant when it comes to uh, the uh, actual name because I hear it one time and I'm like, yeah, that's what it is. Five seconds later, I can't tell you what the fucking drum's name was. Yeah, so. right. But it's such a sick drum. Like I remember the first time you brought it, and I was like, "Yeah, we'll, we'll actually try to make some jams 
on the show. So yeah. that'll be a fun show. Yeah, do a little goofing. Yeah. A little silly. So awesome. Well, thank you for thanks for coming and hanging us. out with us. Thanks, and um, doors always open. Until yeah. next time. Hell yeah. Thanks, Peace. Danny. <laughs> <laughs>